Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We'll go to the DriveHubler.com hotline and bring on Kevin Bowen from 107.5 The Fan. It's the Colts and the Steelers Monday night, downtown Lucas Oil Stadium. Now, KB, because you have to get up early and do your morning show tomorrow morning, are you, are you sitting in the press box? Are you staying home? How, how does it work for you? Yeah, I'm going to be a little multitasker tonight and keeping an eye on, on, on both games. I think I will make an appearance at Lucas Oil, but uh, there might be a time in the game where I'm thinking to myself, should I flip over to the Pacers? Because like, Pacers-Lakers has some juicy storylines oh, with Miles right. Turner and those those trade rumors, Benedict Mather and the rookie, very public, with some comments about LeBron James in the offseason. Sounds like LeBron will play tonight. Um, so this is the rare Monday where there's like a lot, a lot to chat about, not just professional sports, but, you know, college-wise as well. And so you're, so you're working. So like Hammer and I, we, we got we got barbecue served to us in the studio. I've got beer back at the house and wings, <laughs> wings waiting. Do you ever just watch a – I guess you don't. You can't just watch a cold game as a quote-unquote fan you have to sit there and report and analyze and take notes and stuff every time right yeah i'm trying to think of the last beer during a Colts game i've cer- certainly thought about it um, <laughs> probably a lot more this year than i have in years past but yeah my um my uh, you know drinking and eating uh to that degree during yeah. games probably revolves a little bit more college-wise for me uh but nonetheless i am happy for indy that we do have a home monday night game it's been since 2015 which is pretty crazy and wow. you know ironically you get this monday after thanksgiving and then you'll get the monday after christmas too the chargers and the colts will be on monday night football again so uh, with that you know purdue inside of lucas Oil stadium for the big 10 title saturday um, it, it's cool to see our city, you know, hosting these games again. And we'll talk about Purdue coming up here in just a moment because all things are coming up boiler right now. Uh, but give us a little handicap into tonight. What are we watching for Colts against the Steelers? Yeah, I would say the biggest concern I would have. Well, first, I guess let's start here. These are two very poor offenses struggling to score points. Um, you know, Hammer, I know you keep a close eye on this. The over-unders at 39 for the game. That's so a low, low total. Yeah, I think it was the lowest in the NFL this week. Um, so first one to what, 17, 20, you know, probably wins this game. Um, I think what would worry me from a Colts perspective is Pittsburgh has some really, really top-flight playmakers on their defensive side of the ball. Um, and in particular, T.J. Watt, you know, the brother of J.J. Watt, uh, the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, reigning Defensive Player of the Year, he's back healthy. Um, he's not been healthy. He's only played a couple of games this season. Um, he is healthy and good to go for tonight. And he's a guy that, I mean, the Colts have seen him firsthand. The last time they played Pittsburgh, uh, a loss in late December a few years ago, I mean, Watt can single-handedly take over a game. So with how the Colts have played offensive line-wise, um, if they struggle and get into like obvious passing situations, I have big concerns about this Colts offensive line holding up against the Pittsburgh front that's just not wide. They got yeah, if you're having trouble at the tackle good. spot, KB, if your tackle is a turnstile, the last guy you want to <laughs> see is freaking TJ Watt on the other oh, side. Boy. 
Well, and let's be honest, guys. I mean, I'm sure we all watch Dallas on Thanksgiving. I mean, Michael Parsons might be the defensive player of the year. That's what's waiting on Sunday. So tonight and Sunday, you're going to face two of the best defensive lines, especially from a pass rushing standpoint in terms of premier talent. And, you know, one of the biggest weaknesses, if not the biggest this season, has been the Colts' inability to hold up uh, from a pass protection standpoint. So uh, Matt Ryan uh, and his health would be of concern for me tonight and uh, on Sunday. So this is the third uh, Colts game under the leadership of Jeff Saturday. Have you noticed any tangible uh, differences in the style of coaching between Frank Reich and Jeff Saturday? Anything specific you can point out to? Yeah, I think a little bit more like demonstrative personality, and maybe that's not the right word, but just uh, I think a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, accountability in in front of others, um, a little bit more vocal, just a higher level of energy, probably a little bit of a louder tone if you want to really break it down. Um, so Frank Reich very consistent in his message. Um, I think pretty subdued um, compared to most NFL coaches. So I think that's been the difference. And then if you want to, you know, kind of see how that's translated to the field, again, we have a two-game sample size, like you said, Nige. But this is a team that's played eight quarters under Jeff Saturday, and they've led after seven of the eight. You know, it was the Philly game is the one game in the fourth quarter where that got away from you. You got off the uh, good starts against the Raiders and the Eagles as well. So I think those are some encouraging signs. Um, now, again, the schedule I think is about to pick up. You know, after tonight, it's three or four on the road. And all four of those teams, I believe, are in the playoffs right now. So um, it, it is going to be a bit of a difficult stretch here as you get into the month of December. But still, um, I think that you know Jeff Saturday has brought a, a level of accountability and just an energy level that guys have, have appreciated. Is it a must-win tonight? I mean, I know a couple of the teams in the AFC South lost over the weekend. And um, and I guess every, every time I turn on one of those uh, uh, sports pregame shows, it always show, shows the Colts in the hunt when talking about the playoff picture. Colts in the hunt. Is, is tonight a, a must-win? Yeah, I think they're like peering off into the distance or whatever that hunt is. Um, yeah, yeah, tonight, yeah, tonight's a must win. I mean, technically it's not, but it would be the blow that would, you know, put them on the ropes or probably knock them to the canvas, honestly, and, and they would stumble big time to get back up. I mean, you're four, six, and one. You've got six games to go. This game, uh, which you're a slight favorite, and then the final game of the year, Houston, those are the only two that you'll definitely be favored in. Like I said, you've got road games coming up Dallas, Minnesota. And the Giants, um, yes, Tennessee did lose yesterday, but they still are in a nice position uh, within the AFC South. And wild card wise, I mean, you're several games behind that picture. And, and you still have your bye week, which you could look at it one of two ways. Um, you know, it's a chance for teams to lose that are above you, but it's also a missed opportunity for you to win a game uh, with, you know, that 4 6 and 1 record right now. So I would say for those holding, clinging, whatever to. Uh, those playoff hopes that are about 10, 15% right now, a home loss to the Steelers, the three and seven Steelers, or whatever the record is, maybe four and seven, that would be really, really tough to overcome. Kevin Bowen joining us from 107.5 The Fan. Switch gears a little bit here, KB. Uh, it's a great time to be a Purdue fan. You've got your football team in the Big Ten Championship game this Saturday. And the basketball team may be the best team in America. I know folks down in Bloomington don't really want to hear that. But uh, it's a fun time to be a Boiler fan right now. 
I mean, one of, honestly, probably the best weekends in Purdue sports history. And, and you know, said about a lot of schools in terms of you know, clinching their first berth into the Big Ten championships here again Saturday night against Michigan. Uh, just a roller coaster type of season. I'm sure you guys saw just kind of the the, the tragic um, story with Aiden O'Connell, Purdue's quarterback, his older brother, mm-hmm. found it by you know, suddenly passing um, within the last week, and it was uncertain if he would play in the game. He ends up playing, and they come back to beat Indiana in the second half. And then from a basketball standpoint, I mean, it's a Purdue team that lost a whole lot. I mean, top five picking Jay Nivey and All-American and Trayvon Williams. Sasha Stefanovic was an important player for them. I mean, they're starting two freshmen. They play, I think, three sophomores and a junior. That's that's kind of their their top six. And yet they go out uh, to Portland and they beat Gonzaga by double digits, Duke by double digits, West Virginia by double digits. And they jumped all the way to number five in the latest poll. And if you look at the December schedule, I mean, it sets up to a point where Purdue could be undefeated going into the new year. Uh, We were talking on our morning show earlier today about this. Certainly, Purdue has had issues in the month of March, but I'm a big believer in this. If you can just routinely get shots at postseason play, I think eventually, if you're a quality enough team that will get shots on an annual basis, you will kind of fall into it. And, and honestly, I think a lot of that relates a little bit to the Colts era with Dungy and Manny and all them. Of you know, If you ask Colts players from those teams, the 2006 team, the, the Super Bowl team, that was not the best team in their guys' eyes. Right. You know, 2005, 2007, 2009, yet they continually got a shot. And at some point, you get a few breaks, the bracket you know falls your way, and you're able to get a home game against New England in the AFC title game, and the rest is history. The fact that Matt Painter continues to give that program chances in the tournament, I think they will get there. And it's early, but again, with two freshman guards, and how they've looked so far, this looks like a Purdue team that will, you know, in March be a whatever, top four or five seed, and anything can happen once you get into that format. I'm a guy that wants to see IU and Purdue both good at the same time, and I'm hoping that's going to be the case this year, Kevin, and I think we're going to find out about this Hoosier team on Wednesday when North Carolina rolls into Assembly Hall. Uh, This could be one of those years where both IU and Purdue are really good. Do you see it that way? Yeah, and I was looking at the poll earlier. I think Indiana was 10. Um, I, I would guess it's been a long time that you've had both of them in the top 10. I mean, when you think back to, like, this series with Purdue and Indiana just head-to-head, um, you know, when I was in school, the Tom Crean years, Purdue dominated. And then, you know, kind of at the end of the Crean era, even at the Archie era, era um, you know, Indiana had a little bit of success, and then Purdue has dominated over the last, you know, whatever six years probably into that. So it's kind of been this one team or the other. I'm with you. You know, I, I want to see both these programs ranked really high in those matchups be ranked matchups on an annual basis. If I'm not mistaken, I think both the Indiana-Purdue games this year are on Saturdays um, coming up in January and February, which I think is really cool for, you know, Lafayette and, and um, Bloomington to experience that, obviously the students and all of that. So um, I don't think we thought Purdue, you know, unlike last year, we, we didn't expect Purdue to be here at this point. Indiana, of course, had the higher preseason expectations, and they got a big win at Xavier you know, a week and a half ago. And now Wednesday, it's lost a little bit of luster that North Carolina dropped a couple games. They're no longer ranked number one. But still, with North Carolina this week, they still got Arizona and Kansas in December. Uh, I mean, for late November, early December, this is easily the most consistent these two programs have looked, you know, within the Big Ten, 
within the nation in quite some time. Well, KB, try to get a little bit of sleep tonight, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here. You bet. Talk to you guys next week. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We're coming right back.